0: Welcome to WTS Waikato, sharing the hyperlocal, controversial and quirky stories of the Waikato region. I'm your host, Gary Farrow. Earth Diverse is an adult, youth and community education provider that incorporates the breadth of human culture and environmental consciousness. Recently, they hosted an open day at 401 Anglesey Street in Kirikirirua, Hamilton, to invite the community to learn what Earth Diverse is about. There are a wide range of presentations given at the event, including from Hannah Huggin, who joins us for this episode of WTS.
1: to Te Aitanga, Mahaki uh, and Wonga to two iwi on the east coast of New Zealand. Um, I'm a student at the University of Waikato. I'm in my second year and I study um, political science and Māori and Indigenous studies. Um, yeah, I'm um, Scottish on my father's side. I've got um, a twin sister and an older sister and um, sort of grew up all over the all around the world so, um, was born in New Zealand down in Dunedin and then moved to Scotland where my dad's from and then actually spent most of my time in, in Singapore growing up of all places um and I guess I got involved in Earth Diverse so I um came to know Nona through through Lloyd Lloyd Morris who was a phenomenal um guy who worked at Bike Cub, He set up the Bike Cub at Go Eco which is where I work and um yeah, he introduced me to Nona and I've just sort of been, became immediate friends and been working with them and working how we can support them or how I can support them ever since.
0: Fantastic. Now we've spoken to Lloyd Morris before on the show and he's actually, he repaired my, um, my trike so that I could keep on riding. So um, uh, we'll always remember Lloyd Um, and how would you describe Earth Diverse as an organisation? What's their sort of um, their ethos? Because they're a really, um, a really broad educational institute, aren't they?
1: Yeah, my experience with um, Earth Diverse has been in a collaborative sense. So at Goeco, I um, lead the Climate Action Hub, which is a community project that um, aims to build and connect people for systemic change in the climate action space um but my understanding yeah so we've been working on earth diverse because it's a, as an education center it's we really um engage with its values of um, exploring and engaging like the diversities of, of planet earth so that environmental they do work with the environmental aspects but um they've just launched uh oh have an open day at their Centre on Anglesey Street, and it was just a wonderful space discussing arts and history, language. Um, I went to a talk about how um, the changing natural landscapes due to war and how that impacts birds and, um, yeah, and that environment and biodiversity space.
0: There were a huge number of talks, weren't there? And um, you gave one yourself
1: yeah i did just um it was yeah it was a really lovely space to just talk about a bit more about um, climate change or climate action um, and the work that i do here at goeco
0: so how have you uh, gotten involved with uh, climate action and your position at goeco and um, what does it entail
1: um yeah so i sort of got started in climate action space when i was um, three years ago I was I I guess I just started I was really concerned about environmental issues and throughout high school and then I ended up going to a Hamilton City Council meeting and I met a group of young people and we were the group of people who ended up organizing the school strikes and so that I just... And I've just been working on everything I can I do since. And um, yeah, so I started building connections here at GoEco, you know, as a, as a regional centre that was doing climate action work and um, got employed. Uh, and then have since then have been building and developing my own um, community project here for climate action.
0: Right. So what does your project involve?
1: Yeah, so it's called the Climate Action Hub or Tepu Manoa. And um, like I said before, it's all about building community for systemic change in the climate action space. Um, Usually when I explain the project, there's there's a few analogies that I give, or um, but I'll so, maybe start with a fakatoki, which is um anō te tupuna to Māori, ko nui e tui hōnei ko e which just means there is but one ancestor of the Māori people, rangi nui, standing above and papatuanaku um, laying below. And that's just meant to reflect how um, integral this whole natural system of earth um, – is to one another, like so that in that the sky reflects the earth, and that the earth reflects the sky, and um so when we think about climate change, when we're th- changing the balance of the sky that, um or that is imp- influencing and re- being reflected onto the earth, which is impacting us because we dwell between them.
0: So, it's and so a, yeah, so sorry, it's about continue. restoring that
1: balance. It's about restoring that balance, and it's um, a community project where we. Um, yeah, we do all sorts of things, community engagement, we lead our own Ko-Papa, and we're all about just um, building the climate action space and mobilising people and building the um, action.
0: It sounds like it's a really um, a spiritual, um, historical reflection on the importance of the land. Um, is that something that you have always felt or is it something that you have become attuned to an
1: uh, Aotearoa? Okay, yeah, so I can um, only respond to that through my worldview um, and my lens of being Māori and being Māori in New Zealand. So I, d- I do feel that um, though I continue to, on my journey of reconnection with Te Ao Māori and what that means for me, I think that connection to the land has always been there whether I know it or not because that this the places that I whakapapa to um my ancestors and their connection to the ancestral territories the ancestral territories that they fought for you know so um yes connection to land is very important to me and I think that that come naturally comes through in the work that I do and I've seen that connection in my mum and it's 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 integral to who we are as human beings. We need the environment to to sustain us, and we cannot thrive if the environment doesn't thrive because that's what we depend upon.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and how did you get into Māori um, and Indigenous studies? Because that is um, that's a big journey to set out on.
1: Yeah. Um, so my connection to Te Ao Māori has has been it's. Um, it was obviously I, I can't talk about that with without a- acknowledging uh, colonisation and the impact that that had and um, of distancing myself and my Fano from from Te a Māori. and so recently there's been a huge reclamation journey that we've um, been undertaking um, as as a Fano but particularly spearheaded by my mum and um, so I grew up overseas so. There was that there wasn't that connection to Aotearoa that's you know because I didn't live there, um, but coming back that was something really important. That my mum came back for her family and so that we could start building that. So it was just it felt like a natural first step um, for me to to if I can have the privilege of learning about Maori tanga and Maori. Um, Māori in an academic sense, then that was something that I I wanted to partake in and it's been a really, really valuable journey.
0: So is your um mum Māori?
1: Yes. Yeah. So my yeah. mum's Māori and my dad's from Scotland.
0: Yeah. So that's a really interesting um dichotomy to have, isn't it? In in your your upbringing, you've sort of been able to see it from um, both perspectives, I guess, or both both environments, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, because my dad isn't like a, a, a he's, um, he's not a New Zealander, so he grew up in, in Stirling, and they actually met in Glasgow, my mum went over um, to work. And uh, my dad was studying, and um, that's where they met, and um, had my older sister, and then came back to New Zealand because it's obviously very important to my mum to be here. Um, and I think it, it, it has, yeah, it has been interesting to watch my dad's journey as my mum chooses to reconnect, and the the choices and um, perspective that he takes to obviously support her, and and realise and come to know about his role in, in being in Aotearoa, you know, as as an immigrant, but an immigrant from Scotland and a Pākehā and the privilege that he experiences because of that. And, um, but, you know, that is, that is an experience that New Zealand is facing you know, we all have, have loved ones who um, come from all over the world. And it's really important to acknowledge how we can, you um, exists and honor tatility whilst acknowledging um and honor that reality of of um having whānau and family members that we all love.
0: Absolutely. Now, you're working with um climate action at the same time as um paying attention to totality. Um mm-hmm. that is a really big um That's a big breadth of stuff that you have to be mindful of. Um, I I suppose at the same time as being environmentally conscious, you're also being uh, conscious of um, uh, cultural connections to Aotearoa. So um, I imagine that's a lot of room taken up in your head there thinking about all that.
1: Uh, yeah um, it, it is it certainly is I mean I think climate crisis is is taking up enough room um, as so I guess uh, how how I've come to to deal with that is learning how climate crisis is is an issue with how our society isn't structured around ecological and planetary boundaries and it's that so having that as a a basic understanding then lends itself to realizing why we also have other environmental issues, why we also have social issues because we don't put people and planet at the center of everything. So, and it's started to come more aware of and learn more about how all of these things are actually integral and interconnected to one another. And, um, you know, I have friends who, who work in, all sorts of different spaces in the disability advocacy space and, and um, working on decarceration, like all these things. And I've come to realise that that's like a, a, a knot and we're all just pulling at different strands of the knot to unravel it. So my work is just as important as someone else's work in the social justice space. So I guess by me focusing on climate justice, I'm doing my part and my role in um, untangling everything.
0: But you really focus on it as a collective um, movement. Then, really, I mean, I suppose with uh, individual organisations, the likes of uh, Go Eco and Earth Diverse, uh, we think of them as being on their own mission. But I guess uh, basically, it's important to be mindful that all organisations, uh, community organisations, and particularly ones, um looking out for uh, underprivileged or um, exploited uh, peoples, Um, they are all working on the same mission together.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I use this analogy quite a lot. It's not necessarily about everyone being in the same waka, but having a fleet of waka that are all heading in the same direction.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That's a really good way to um think of it. Um, now, what was the focus of your talk um at uh, Earth Diverse, um because because obviously that was a, a a real um environment in which you could express um your particular uh mission and how it aligns with um that of other groups.
1: Um, yeah it was it was a real honor actually to have been asked by um, earth diverse to give a talk about climate action hub and um, yeah in that space I just talked about um, what the project is what um, well actually I started up with um, a brief uh, inquiry I guess inquiry into the climate crisis what it is how it impacts us um, then discussed um, climate justice and what that means and what it is and how it could be implemented and then talked about the, the project but it ended up being actually a really lovely brainstorm about what the community would want to see from um, from climate action and what it could look like so yeah it was a really wonderful space
0: it sounds like it became like a sort of a um, a forum like I mean it was meant to be an an open day so people could know. Uh, what Earth diverse is and what it's about but it sounds like it as much played a part as a forum for um, different groups
1: yeah and that's actually what um what we're trying to achieve with the climate action hub is is about building community and, and making sure everyone's um, along for the ride
0: how can people get involved with um, the climate action hub
1: yeah so we do we do a number of things and um we in one space we establish and grow long-term relationships with groups working in the space and then um we do local government engagement and we hold events and so we do a, a number of things which actually is allows opportunities for people to join us however um it suits suits them and what's appropriate for them because uh, in one space we do our own things like we've um, published a poetry book and we hold events so people can support us by buying that poetry book which is available on GoEco's shop website or attending our events um, and then the other thing is actually acknowledging that there's different ways to do climate action and that we're wanting to support groups from across the region like Uh, Gully groups are really critical to Kirikirirua especially and and, um, restoration work we view as climate action. So that's one way to get involved is sort of like, um, yeah, but people can, if they have any ideas or any questions about how they can get involved in climate action or want to know where they can start, then I really um, encourage them to reach out to GoECO or myself in particular and um, just get that conversation started.
0: And what's the best way people can get in contact with you, Hannah?
1: Yeah, so my email is hannah at um, or you can contact us on Instagram, which is at Climate Action Hub uh, or you can contact us through GoEco's Facebook or any of um, GoEco's contacts that are available online on, on our website or you can come to our centre, which is in uh, Frankton, 188 Commerce Street.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikatoa. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance, and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen.
2: I wear my pride upon my skin, my pride is always been within, I wear my strength upon my face, comes from another time of place. describes the marking of patterns by inserting coloured dyes under a smooth skin. The word muko represents a traditional custom in which spirals, unique to Māori, are carved deeply below the skin's surface to produce a groove scar. The whole ceremony was tapu, the tip of a bird bone chisel dipped into sooty black pigment tapped by a beater to the sounds of songs created to soothe the painful process of creating moko. So don't use that word tattoo. Every star has a name, every line on the face Spirals on both cheeks, both sides of the nose. Lines spread from between the eyes to the temple, the nose to the chin. Over 19 names have been identified for different parts of the pattern. Women received kowai or chin walking. Some copied their mothers or grandmothers. Others allowed the artist to design one. Some women received markings on their forehead, thighs, arms and breasts indicated genealogy rank accomplishment it represented masculinity beauty warriorhood identity so don't use that word tattoo Inside the Whale Tipuna Some were made so distinctive They were like an autograph A beautiful signature written all over the face In 1815, Te Pehi Kupe Drew his own moku without the aid of a mirror Every line firmly in his mind And then He drew the moko of his brother and son Did you know that? The moko reflected the Maori way of life Everything was connected Art, religion for this generation, the kowai and moko was only seen in paintings, but now those images have come to life. Netana Tana said in 1921, You can lose your most valuable property through misfortune in various ways. You may be robbed of all your prized possessions, but of your moko you cannot be deprived, except by death. It will be your ornament and your companion to your last day. I so don't use that word